Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of Grow With Soul. Today I'm talking with Karina Lawson, the founder of the planner brand Pondalily. You've likely seen beautiful Pondalily planners in Instagram photos, including some of mine, but you may be surprised about how the brand came about and how it's run. Karina founded Pondalily when, as an overtired mum of newborn twins juggling a high power career, she really just realised that she needed to make more space for growth, for life, for intentions and, of course, for sleep. She still runs Pondalily around her career and family life and, of course, this juggle means that she has got some excellent planning tips to share. In this episode, we talk through that juggle, the cult of busyness, what's working for her at Pondalily, and Karina's five simple planning changes. So, let's get stuck in. Hi, Karina. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm good. Thank you for coming. I'm really excited to talk to you because actually you were on my list for the podcast and I've known of Pondalily for couple of years now actually so I'm really excited to kind of hear the inside scoop from you but for anybody listening who perhaps doesn't know you or does but would like to hear more can you tell us about you and your story and uh, Pondalily and how that all came about? Sure. So I'm Karina Lawson, everyone. Hi, I'm the founder and managing partner here at Ponder Lily, and I provide creative direction and I oversee operations at the company with my family, where we make sustainable and stylish stationery that work for women who do too, whether that work has done at home or in a sky rise or in some cases both. Um, that's what we do. We support uh, women from work to weekend. Um, so, yeah. So how did it, how long have you been working on Pondalily and how, how long has that been kind of your thing? So Pondalily has been in my heart and in my head uh, for a long time, I would say for about 10 years. We opened our virtual doors in 2017. I started really thinking about it more, like I was always researching the industry and researching um, how to make the products and how to make things eco-friendly for a long time. Since I was in, since I was doing my MBA, I was always interested in stationery and always interested in how um, to make things better. So when I had my twins in 2014, I, you know, as be- becoming a mom really kind of made me think about a lot more the way that women plan their days, and you know, it's so important to not only think about, not only give what's rest of your, like on the rest of your day for, for other people, but to really think about how to put your best foot forward. And I've always been really interested in learning about people's rhythm and routines um, and how they plan their day and how to put themselves on the agenda that I really started the company in 2015, I would say. And it was because of almond milk, not only all of that research, but it was actually 
almond milk. When my girls were five months old, somebody gave a very well-intentioned advice to make almond milk at home. And so I started researching how to make, you know, Googled and Pinterested. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I mean, why? (laughs) And, you know, it's so easy to, to think about all the things and kind of think about what somebody might say the best routine is for your life. And that may not necessarily be the season for it. And it may not necessarily be the case. In my case, it wasn't the case at all because my that thing tasted super weird when I tried <laughs> to make it. So in my case, that was not the case at all. So I think there's a lot to be said about having people plan their day in a way that suits their lifestyle, giving them the freedom and the tools to do that, I think is really important too. So um, the, that was the, imp- when people ask me, like, you know, there's no way for me to go around this. The impetus really was that comment and it was the research and it was wanting a better life for my friends and family who were struggling with overwhelm at the time. Yeah, that's really lovely. And I, th- it's interesting that it, it's like the two parts of the story as well, where you've got the kind of moment the kind of aha moment of the almond milk, but also just a kind of general underlying interest, which kind of got stronger and stronger as you had the twins and things as well, that it was just kind of like, oh God, this is really coming to a head. Yeah. <laughs> um, I should say as well, for anybody who isn't familiar with Pondalili, what is um, what I personally really like about the planners is that there is a real mix of, like you can plan your day and you can put your goals in, but then there's things to kind of think about, you know, what habits are you doing? What are you doing for yourself? Have you drunk enough water? All those kind of things as well, which I think is a really nice balance. As you say, is you've got the work and the life in there all kind of mixed in together, which is really nice. Thank you. I was, you know, our, some, sometimes people say to me, you know, the to-do boxes in your planners are really small. I'm like, good, they're <laughs> meant to be small. <laughs> because um, if, you know, my research actually show that if you give someone like an A4 sheet of paper that says to do at the top, they'll fill it with things. And, you know, if you give them something slightly more, smaller, they'll actually think about the important things. And we, mm. I really feel very strongly that making space for you and not just putting yourself on the margins is, is so, so important. So uh, our design is intentional yeah. uh, to be that way. That's really clever, actually, because that's so true. And that's something that I have said on the podcast and I've said it to clients and stuff as well, that just give yourself three things to do. That stops the overwhelm, but also it makes you be re- really clarify what actually is important and what isn't important. If it's not one of the top three things you have to do that week, then does it really need to be done? Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to talk a lot about planning, but kind of before we get really into that juicy stuff, I do want to just ask you a little bit on the marketing front, because I'm always really interested to hear. So just kind of briefly where you've been focusing your marketing efforts over the last couple of years since you've sort of properly launched, because I think I've seen you at the Blogosphere Awards and then there's been some press coverage and things like that. So where have you been focusing those efforts and and what do you find works best for you? Um, That's a really interesting question, because when we first started, I was really concerned about making a really top-notch product. And then when it came time to launch, I had, you know, kind of come to a head. It was like, oh, no, I didn't actually. I put some thought into marketing, but it wasn't the best that I could have done. I should have, Mm -hmm. I should say. So in our first year, we were kind of 
dabbling here and there, whereas now our efforts a lot more focused. Um, and I would say building community is where I'd like that focus to be because quite honestly, writing emails and writing the blog posts, while they're super important, I feel like that the heart of our company is not coming across. Um, and the reason why I know this is because when people would talk about our planners, they would talk about how useful they were, they are, which is really great, but they wouldn't talk about the sustainability aspect of it. So when and people were quite surprised to hear me say that, you know, we actually use vegetable based ink. We actually use you know, FSE paper. We actually use uh, eco-friendly covers. We actually don't use any plastic. <laughs> and the people would say like, oh, oh, hang on a second. So I find that I am able to communicate that better when I'm talking to people and when I'm, I'm asked all the time how I plan my day um, and how I manage to work full time and run the business. And I know, I know you and I are going to talk more about that <laughs> later, but I really love to get to know our, our, you know, our ponder lady people one-on-one -on -one or in a group setting. So um, our efforts are going to be more concentrated on meeting our customers, like face-to-face, -face, like in events, live events and planning parties and what have you. So I think that's where I feel I would make more of an impact to now be able to serve our customers better. So with Instagram, I didn't know much about the Instagram world back when we first started and it's been, people have really received Ponder Lily well in that channel. So I'm hoping all the DMs and all the messages are like, I respond to everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I want to make sure that I'm talking directly to, um, to people. I think no matter how big the company may get, like, I think that personal touch really is important. And I want to make sure that I don't lose sight um, mm -hmm. of that. Yeah, that's really interesting and really cool. And, and I love that you're focusing in on depth and your strength. So cause, especially because I guess it's a pretty seasonal business model, right? Like people get a planner at the start of the year and you're going to rely on repeat customer after that. It's not like you want to keep making new customers every year. Obviously you want a bit of that as well, but you'd love people to keep buying Pondalili planners. So focusing on that depth of community and that they've got it and they think oh yeah this is really useful and then you can kind of and also look at all this other stuff that makes it really great yeah. as well and I think it's really and interesting so when we were approached by blogosphere that I thought that was such an amazing opportunity because at the time like I you know I felt like oh they've, they've heard of us so that's really great that they would um, extend um, this opportunity to us too so um, it was a wonderful um I was really grateful for that. Yeah, that and they because it was in all the goodie bags. I think the year that I went as well, so that's I saw it then. And I think that it's that's really interesting as well because a planner is such a personal thing. Like you use it every single day. That you kind of want to be able to have that that touch it feel it in a shop experience which is very difficult to do online so by having something like the blogosphere experience but also doing your own events does has that effect it's getting the, it into the hands of the people who want are making that decision which is almost like choosing a relationship for the next year isn't it of what's going to be the best fit for you yeah that's true and it's so nice that um We've come to meet a lot of people in Newcastle where we're based and they always ask, oh, why don't you do more events here? I'd love to do have a shop here. So it's very like we don't have a physical store, but we do have our offices and it would be really nice to have people come by and for us to kind of run like, you know, a workshop and 
talk about, you know, why it is that we developed this method for planning and um, how that can be beneficial and how they can tailor it to their lifestyle too. Yeah, I think it's really good. And it's, as you say, it's where you obviously feel it's one of your strengths is to actually talk to people, which isn't for everyone, but it's good to kind of follow that strength and that if the written communication isn't really hitting the spot for you, then to actually go, okay, well, how can we double down on what I feel great at um, and do more of that? That's that's a thumbs up from me. <laughs> oh, and you know, the funny thing is, is that I get asked why I don't do more lives and things like that. I'm actually really awkward on camera and I'm actually naturally very shy. But when I'm talking to someone and we have like a common ground, I feel like it's easier to to talk to them and the message like comes across like uh, more effectively that way for me. So I just want to make sure that I'm not, it's not that I don't like to step out of my comfort zone, but I just want to make sure that if I'm doing it, I'm not showing up on Instagram or Facebook for an algorithm. I'm actually showing up for a customer and delivering a meaningful message. I think it's more important than doing it for other reasons. Agreed. (laughs) So as you sort of mentioned a minute ago that you have a full-time job as well as doing Pondalily, which I was really really surprised that I had completely assumed that Ponda Lily was like this big machine and you were there doing it because it kind of has that uh, you kind of see it everywhere so you're a business analyst analyst right so what does that juggle look like kind of practically between being the CEO of the business and then also having your other job Sure. So um, because I was a business analyst and I started Ponder Lily from my twins nursing chair with a piece of paper and a very like back in 2015, I designed, I looked back on a project that I had done for my MBA class and I kind of took that business plan. It was a very, very short business plan and I kind of, kind of designed what Ponder Lily would look like. And I kept tweaking it, tweaking it for a good six months and how I could make it work. And one day I asked for my father-in-law's opinion, who, by the way, fun fact, used to work with me. We used to work together uh, before I even met my husband, which is really (laughs) funny. And so um, I asked him what he thought about it in terms of, and I never said the company name. I never, you know, what he thought about the distribution aspect of it. And he's like, oh, this set looks really interesting. And he's like, if you're thinking about this, as a business, like, why don't I do the distribution for you? And I thought about it and it made sense. And so he agreed to help with the business. And so Ponder Lily very quickly became a family business because my family had heard me talk about stationery for as long as they can remember. And I think in a way to stop me from talking about it all the time, (laughs) just annoying them with it, they became very involved. And it's so interesting that they each come with Uh, there's three of us who work in the business and so that they have their very unique strengths. And so that certainly helps. So when I'm working during the day, uh, my father-in-law runs the back end of the business. I oversee operations every day while I'm putting the twins to bed or before they wake up. So they like when I sit in the room with them as they fall asleep and I usually kind of go on my phone and take a look. And so every little space of time that I have actually does help. So I, yes, I am a business analyst by training and I do have a full-time job and my job is to direct operations at higher education institutions. So 
I'm the person people call when they want businesses to run more efficiently. So our operations are very lean for a reason. <laughs> so because one, we don't have the bandwidth and two, we want to make sure that our customer service is on point every time. <laughs> Mm -hmm. every time and so I because we're a family business I suppose like we treat every customer like they're part of the family and how we would want to be treated as well so everybody gets a response via email by somebody whose last name is Lawson um, <laughs> and we take we take great pride in being able to do that when I fulfill orders uh, especially during the Christmas period they get notes from me directly if if I'm able you know so I wake up before uh, the kids wake up for school, so I kind of check in with the business. Um, and then when I come during my lunch break, sometimes like I work on the business. And when um, I have two full days during the week where not I wouldn't say full, but my sister-in-law picks up the kids and um, she looks after them for me. And I'm able to concentrate on more hours like during for Ponder Lily now the creative side, which is really funny. I do this when we're on holiday and I don't necessarily take away any time from when we're on holiday. It's just that inspiration, like mm. for me, comes naturally more, more easily when I'm away and when I'm out of the office and I'm kind of having fun with family. And uh, for some reason, they all seem to have like an opinion <laughs> on how the Ponder Lily cover should look like. And fun fact, my sister-in-law picks all of them every time. Uh -huh. So... <laughs> So it's nice that I have their assistance, I have their expertise, and I have their input as well. So please, by no means, like, don't think I do this alone, because I, I absolutely don't. It is something that, like I said, was near and dear to my heart for many years, um, and that I've been very lucky to share with my family and help me uh, make this come to fruition, so... That's really nice. And I think, but I think as well, it's probably a little bit more peculiar to a product-based business and, and physical product-based business is all those different elements. Like you say, you've got design, you've got customer service, you've got fulfillment, then you've got actually like marketing and planning the direction of the business and, and all that other stuff as well. So do you kind of split your time kind of equally between all those different things? Do you kind of have seasons where you think, right, this is the design time and we're going to really focus on that and then we go into a kind of different season or how does that sort of work? Yeah, I just, um, I do have a design season. Like I said, it's when um, I'm on holiday. Whenever that happens, I think of, you know, I'll, I'll be drafting products um, as my kids are drawing and things like that. And when I do that, because I think of it as a whole collection or, and I just let inspiration flow. I don't try to say to myself, okay, this holiday, I'm designing five products and this mm -hmm. is what's happening. It doesn't happen that way. Um, sometimes it's just three, sometimes it's four or five, um, sometimes it's eight, but obviously we can't produce eight for financial reasons. Mm -hmm. We just can't like produce eight. So I stagger them. So I already have like two, three seasons planned out of products that I want to launch. And that allows me to kind of finalize the design, um, let our copyright lawyers and our um, trademark people have a look at it so that if there's anything that I feel very strongly about, we go ahead and, and copyright. And then when it comes to production, I just pick two or three to go forward with. There's a sampling season. And I think the trick to it is I know when production comes up, like everything else needs to run like clockwork. And so that's when I ask 
more help from my family or I, I don't launch anything else. We only do two launches a year. So for that reason, so that things can be manageable. If we're doing wholesale orders, I make sure that we're just focused on that. And we take like a whole week to just focus on the wholesale orders. I think the trick to it, though, is knowing all the moving parts, mm-hmm. being able to see all the moving parts. It's very easy when, again, there's just so much information out there about, you know, email marketing or courses are the thing or, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many shiny objects, I feel like that sometimes things like finance or, you know, operations, like the, let's be honest, they're the boring bits. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of get to get on the, on the wayside. But for me, I have finance Fridays and I do not miss my finance Fridays. And it's just half an hour. I just take a peek of what's going on um, in our bank account, in our um, financial reports. I make a, give, make a call to our accountant if there's anything I need to know. Um, that comes in on a Friday. If they send me an email and it comes through midweek, I always like schedule it so that it comes up again in my inbox on a Friday. So I'm not distracted by a million things or doing things like not in a sequential way, I I should say. So yeah, there's definitely a time and place for me to do everything. But like sometimes if like, again, inspiration strikes me, I'll go ahead and prioritize that because I know that will benefit down the road. If I don't feel like doing something, if I'm unwell, um, I do have two autoimmune conditions that I have to live with. And so if I'm too tired, like I prioritize taking a nap over (laughs) other things. And, you know, I ask for help when I need it. And I think that's, that's what balance looks like for me. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that seems like it's um, everything in moderation. And I love that you say that you you have this kind of fairly rigid structure that means that everything that needs to get done gets done, but there is room for manoeuvre in there, whereas you can chase the joy if you're just really inspired by something and you want to do it, or you can take a nap if you really need to. Because that was going to be my question, was that when you said that you're planned out for three seasons three seasons out in my head I was like oh I'd be so impatient just to do it now Um, (laughs) and do you ever get that or are you just good enough at at knowing that it's not worth the short-term pain (laughs) well you know my accountant lets me know what I (laughs) what we can and cannot do each season in terms of production and I I want to really make sure that we run a profitable business and otherwise this would be a very expensive hobby oh Mm. man like um, I try to be as patient as as I possibly can sometimes like I move a product like up on the product line just to make sure (laughs) there's one that I can't wait to launch that I'm just dying I cannot wait but um yeah so I try to just see what it is that we can work with and be very realistic of when should things should take place and it's so funny because like a friend of mine once came to the like my, our, my home office and she saw just one piece of paper with all these little things that I talked to you about, like finance, marketing. And it was just like a list of five things. And she's like, is that how you seriously run Ponder Lily? I'm like, yep, it's one piece of paper stuck on my wall. She's like, don't you have a sauna and things like that? And I'm like, yep, for the one thing that I cannot mess with, which is usually like launches because there's so many moving parts, but everything else, it's a tick in a box because mm-hmm. I can't like do this if it's overcomplicated. Yeah, I think, and I think that's so refreshing to hear because I think people love to overcomplicate sometimes. <laughs> like you feel like you're not doing it properly if it's not 
like millions of pieces of paper and files and things yeah. like that. <laughs> Simple work. So you kind of talking of that lean operation, something that I wanted to talk to you about, which you kind of mentioned to me was about that busyness and that we can get ourselves into doing a lot of busy work that's not always the most effective or just taking kind of a lot of confidence from being oh well I'm busy I'm so busy I can't I have to be busy and obviously that's something that you are it sounds like striving to avoid feeling in your business particularly because you want to like have a life as well so what are your kind of main tips for people who are kind of like I want the one sheet of paper business life what are your tips to to that person okay I'll tell you a funny story first like it's actually it was not funny at the time (laughs) at all I went into my friend's office and I was ugly crying just I was like I can't do this Andy I just cannot do all of this and this was way before I started Ponder Lily the girls were just five months old um where I was working, they were having a restructure and I was feeling fearful, like for, you know, I had just had the kids and was I going to lose my job? What was I going to do? Uh, it was probably a bit hormonal too, I'm not gonna lie. And so um, I said, I'm just so busy and I just, I just wish that I could pause just for a second, I'm so tired. And she reminded that oftentimes, like when people are busy, they forget to see that they have a full life. And if you just reframe how you think of your life rather than it being busy, it's full. And you should enjoy that it's that you're able to have a full life, right? Because sometimes people don't get the chance to do that. But it's what you put on your plate is what matters. So that really changed my perspective and the way that I think about living and the way that I think about finding meaning and ultimately what I put on what I choose to balance, right? Because um you can choose what you put on the scale in terms of balance and you choose how you calibrate that scale too. So I would say my biggest piece of advice, like learning from that experience is um, just ask yourself every time, you know, ask yourself if you, especially if you work in your own business, ask yourself why you're doing it. Like, what is it all for and who is it for and how do you need to show up? And when you show up, how, when do you create that space? in your heart, in your mind, and in your body. So what that means is like, I always start with the intention. You know, if I really want to serve our customers today, I need to figure out what matters most that day. Like not just our customer, but like if I'm thinking about my personal life too, right? Like how how do I want to show up? If I want to show up like with energy to really enjoy my day, what do I need to make space for? Like, and I know that for me, that means meditation and that means going for my 45 minute walk. I'm a completely different person. When I take that time, I make more time almost. I'm more productive. I just carry on with my day a lot better. The second thing would be to put the big things on your calendar that really move the needle. Um, And whether that if you're working on your business, that would be the big thing that will really move the needle in your business. If you work on, for example, email marketing and you don't know much about it, like just have that for your week and learn how to do it and work on it and make sure that's what you accomplish or that you were at least make some progress that week. So the big thing need to go first, whether or not other people might think that they're big things, if they are to you, then they're on your calendar, right? Or they're on your agenda. The third thing I would say would be to stick to your personal priorities. So for instance, for me is that I can't work very late um, anymore. Like I used to, but I think 
that since having the girls and their sleeping pattern was always like a bit, uh, a bit on the funny side. Um, there were many times where I would be awake with them if they were poorly until three o'clock in the morning and I would still have to show up at work the next day. So my personal priority is to not sleep late during the week at all. So because when I do, I wake up tired and I'm just not able to carry on um, with a lot of energy, you know, and I think changing our mentality, not being very strict about it. So yes, I don't sleep very late, but I do wake up early because that gives me more energy throughout my day. And I don't mean for me, for instance, it's not waking up at five in the morning because I've never been a morning person. Mm -hmm. So, and although I've tried, like, you know, (laughs) it's just not, you know, funny story. When I was eight years old, I started sleeping with my uniform on because that meant that I was going to sleep in (laughs) extra and my parents were mortified. Um, So (laughs) waking up before the kids do, that means half an hour before they do. That gives me enough time to answer emails. And that does move the needle in my business, you know? So even 15, whatever it is, just little by little, you'll get there. The fourth thing is practice like communicating your personal policy to yourself first with clarity and grace. So being able to communicate that to yourself. Like I remember that when I was working quite late, I would wake up feeling terrible or I would oversleep and I would go in late or, you know, it was just, I would leave little notes to myself in the bathroom where (laughs) I started to put my alarm clock. And this is really funny, but you know, Karina, when you don't wake up like at six, this is what happens. <laughs> You're tired. Or, and I'd be like, yeah, I am. Thank you, past self. <laughs> like, you do what you've I mean? done to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that really did help because it helped me communicate to myself. Like, first of all, like, this is how I show up best. And it, it was a lot easier when I had to say no to things to other people or when I had to say, even to my family sometimes, like, like, oh, why don't we do this over the weekend? And I'd be like, you know what? Actually, I'm actually quite tired. I'm going to have a lie-in with the girls and this is what I'm going to do if that's okay. So so when you start to communicate that way with yourself, like communicating that way with others is a lot easier to you. If you're like, I'm a, I used to be a professional people pleaser, so I needed to learn the hard way to say no. And I think lastly would be to think of ultimate gains and ultimate costs, right? So um, of having certain things on your agenda the ultimate gain of waking up slightly earlier is that I can move through my day with more energy. I can rest, I can schedule rest periods in between appointments. Um, I show up with a lot more clarity, uh, show up uh, with more confidence. I can make better decisions. The cost of making sleep deprived decisions when you run a product based business, let me tell you, <laughs> they're not, <laughs> they're high. <laughs> and I've done that before, <laughs> but um you know, like we bought something that we were, that I was just not supposed to buy at all. And um, that just made me regret the whole thing. I had to scrap that whole line. It wasn't, it wasn't great. But again, I made a decision because it was too tired. I said yes too quickly. So that was a lesson learned for me. And like, if I know I've already mentioned five things, but I would say, and I would always like end, I try to end my day with gratitude. You know, there's so many things to be grateful for, whether it's your health or, something that you've made progress on, something big or small. Um, I think that's really important too. It just shifts your perspective a bit. There's so much goodness in there that I think is is so important. And 
the thing that kind of shone through for me through everything that you just said is that we get to choose. And I think very often we can disempower ourselves by thinking that we don't get to. And we kind of feel like, oh, I have to do all of this. I have to be busy. I have to do X, Y, Z. People will need me to do that. And we can build it up in our head. Like it's out of our control, but everything that we're stressed out about, especially if you're self-employed, is stuff that you've given yourself. And that's something that I'm starting to learn to do is that if I'm getting really stressed out about something that is like almost making me ill, (laughs) it's it's stressing me out that much and learning to go, hold on, the only person who's making me do that is me. So I have to make the decision of whether I'm just going to carry on feeling like this or I'm going to do something about it and choose, as you said, choose what goes onto my plate. Yeah, I completely agree. Because I mean, you started this business for a reason. If it's not bringing you joy, if it's making you stressed out and, you know, then what is the point? Like you, you don't show up for yourself and your customers like in the best way possible. And at the end of the day, yes, like you, you do get to choose. And I think that because of so much information that's out there and of how things should look, of how you should plan, you know, you kind of put yourself in the back burner a little bit. But I think we all do that like way too much like throughout our day. And it's so much more empowering to know that you get to make that choice and be focused on what brings you and uh, in the best in the best way brings you forward in the best way possible Mm. I should say yeah I mean that what's the point question is something that I bandy around all the time like well what's the point then you know I quite often think well why don't you just go and get another job if you're going to feel like this (laughs) if you're going to make yourself do this just go and get a day job because the whole point of for me having this business was that I could do less hours or I could like go out during the day and and that kind of thing and we just all need to you know if you if you want to be your own boss because you kind of crave more freedom then allow yourself to have that rather than leave a job and then kind of create another job around yourself where you've got no joy left yeah absolutely like you shouldn't have what's left of you like if that makes sense like Mm. do you know what I mean like it should energize you in a way and should make you create like something positive at the end of the day. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It is a choice. And um, I think that listening to your intuition is really valid, like in this case. And again, like in a sea of so much information, sometimes like it kind of gets, like you kind of tend to question that. Like, I mean, I cannot believe that with, five-month-old twins and my husband was in a, on a business trip I actually contemplated making my own normal milk I'm like no I'm not <laughs> like when I think about it now like no I'm not gonna do it like why would I even think that was a priority at the time like no I can still be a very good mom and like nourish myself with store-bought regular milk <laughs> thank you very much and so what I want to also ask you about a little bit because it's so pervasive and I think you'll have an interesting take on it is that kind of hustle mentality and you know even even someone like me who is very kind of conscious of that and consciously not being that kind of girl boss hustle hard sort of that's not my how I approach things but I do find myself being like just you know just don't sleep and just get just power through just do it because you're not you're not doing enough here you need to do more and and that 
because it does sort of encroach on you. So I guess it's that kind of the business case, the way you can tell yourself when you think, oh, I need to hustle for you to be able to tell yourself, oh, no, you don't need to. And here's why. So how how are you kind yeah. of, where do you stand on that? <laughs> I believe in hard work, but I believe in hard work that's done with heart. So do I believe in the hustle? I I'm really sorry, but like I stand on, I'm, I stand with the heart of hard work. If I don't understand why I'm rushing through things, why I'm chasing every shiny object that there's out, it's out there. I just don't think that you're doing yourself or your customers or your family any favors by wearing yourself out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really don't. And I get, and I see like, you know, this mentality and what shows up sometimes on my Instagram feed. It's like, oh, I worked until until three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, okay, but like, how do you feel at 9 a.m.? Or how do you feel like throughout your day? Like, was it really worth it? And I often do see that message associated with the six-figure launch or the five, seven-figure business. And, you know, it's great that people are doing well. But at the end of the day, is is that the only point? Like, how is the business contributing to, how are you, like, I don't know. I'm always looking for the the more like right like Mm. how else are you contributing to to the grander scheme of things like you know I never forget I received an email from someone who used their planner and it helped them with their anxiety and it helped them with a time that they were going through some somebody asked me oh can you rush my shipping because um this is what I'm going through right now and I print that email I printed that email out I put it at the top of like my little uh, bulletin board. And I now I know that that's who I serve. Like that's who matters to me. And I'm going to respond to that person personally and let her know that I'm going to work really hard to get her first the resources that we may have available in our site that can help her that are free or whatever. And then we're going to focus on her shipping and get her the things that she needs. But I never forget that I'm actually serving people. So I think that where I stand with the whole hustle thing is that I believe that's going to wear you out and that's not going to it's not going to leave a lasting impression in the legacy that you want it's not going to give you a legacy at the end of the day Um, but I do believe in in the heart of hard work um, of working from a place where you want to do good in the world and that you want to create something that impacts people's lives and with that comes like intentional action, right? Like rather than something that's fast, that's going to get you a result very quickly that might not last for longer than two, three years. So I would say don't push yourself too much. If you need to sleep, please sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I really like that you differentiate between hustle and hard work because I think it's definitely the two have become conflated that like if you're not up till 3am, you're not working hard. Whereas you can you can work really hard between the hours of like nine and five or whatever and you're probably still going to get as much done as if you had stayed up till three because, you know, if you are staying up till three, what is the quality of what's coming out? And what's the quality of what's going to come out for you for like the next three days? And so I think that is an important point to make that just 
because you are doing things within your own set of boundaries and priorities and your your energetic boundaries doesn't mean you're not a hard worker because I just I think that we've we've confused those two yeah and I, I think that the what's it for question like to what end like you say about all the the huge launches and it's going to be a six-figure launch and and but to what end like what's the lasting what's the thing that's going to make you feel good you know at the end of the day what's the email you're going to print out there that makes you feel like you've made a difference totally agree with you there <laughs> just that's my two cents <laughs> yeah it- like uh, sometimes like I just shake my head you know when I see these ads and I'm just like okay like here we go mm-hmm. and you know the other thing too is that the hustle often comes with the message like oh quit your nine to five to do this so that you don't have to you know, have these hard conversations. And please believe me that as business owners, we have to have hard conversations <laughs> every day. At least I do. Like, so the challenging conversations don't go away. You know, challenges with coworkers, and I should tread carefully because I work, my <laughs> husband is my business partner. But, you know, you're going to get into situations where you're going to have to show up in a way that's assertive, that you're going to have to handle situations that are unpleasant. So, those things don't go away just because you own your own business. It's just how you deal with them has to be, you know, you, you have to show up for those things too. The good and the bad. <laughs> yeah. It's just a different set of problems. <laughs> so for some people, they are preferable problems. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that we've covered everything, haven't we? I think we've gone, I, I love all your, your, five, your five steps for people listening, like, rewind (laughs) and jot those down I'm gonna do that because I think that's really important and I think a huge takeaway for people is that it's your choice and you're you're doing all right and trust yourself in what you're doing so the last question that I have to ask you is the one that I ask everybody which is how do you grow with soul in your work and life um, I always try to make sure that I make space to think and make space to find meaning in my day. So this could be thinking about lessons from a challenging situation that I had during my day, what I learned from it. That could mean meditating through prayer um, so I can find calm, perspective, patience. <laughs> I do have twins, so patience sometimes. <laughs> um, and I think being of service to other people and supporting someone else, I think that really helps you be in alignment with your values and um, I think that helps you grow with soul and work and life that there's more to just um, you and putting yourself on the agenda sometimes does help you be of better service to to people and support them too. So Karina where can people find more about you more about Pondalily and come and connect with you online or offline? Sure Um, so online we're at www.ponderlily.com and um, on Instagram it we, our handle is we are ponderlily hopefully uh, we'll have some more uh, workshops um, that we'll do in Newcastle uh, whenever those dates come up I'll let you know but they'll be on our website um, or on our social media so perfect thanks so much Karina thank you it's been such a pleasure talking with you I really appreciate it any links we mentioned will be on my website, which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and Karina on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she's at we are Ponder Lily. 
As always, if you think you have a friend who would really benefit from listening to this conversation, please do send them the link to the episode and do share where you're listening and tag me online too. Until next time, I hope you grow a soul.